Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 384 of Linux in the Hampshire. This is... Well, it's, it's unlike any show we've done in 2020. This is our year-end roundtable wrap-up, and we're doing it via Discord this time. We do have a couple of, uh, yeah, what do we want to call them? Um, we'll just call them listeners. <laughs> I was going to uh, make up something like, I don't know, victims, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, with us tonight in the Discord, and with any kind of luck, you may be watching this on YouTube, so there might be some video along with it, but if not... You will be listening to it as the audio podcast normally. And before we introduce our victims, I mean guests, let's uh, go ahead and introduce ourselves as we usually do. I'm Russ. See, now you can see me if you're watching this on video. Uh, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. Yeah, that's Cheryl, not not that guy over there. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Bill, NE4RD. And for those of you who are not able to see us, we do have... We do have Don, KB2YSI. Hello. <laughs> very good, very good. And we also have longtime listener, Ted, WA0EIR. And so they'll be jumping in or whatever when they feel it's appropriate. And we're just going to have, as we usually have, a roundtable discussion. I don't know if we're really going to talk much about 2020 per se. Well, don't forget about Tony. Because there's really... we got Tony, too. Huh? I was, I was waiting for him to shut up, and I was going, what about poor Tony? And, you know? uh, Tony's just so regular. He's almost like a part of the show now. He's <laughs> <laughs> at least All a right, butt of the jokes, right? You know? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah you, I usually am. <laughs> yeah, you thought, you, thought I was, you thought I forgot you. No, I was just ignoring you. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm Tony, K4X Ray Sierra Sierra. All right, you had to you had to throw in the phonetics just because I was a dick, so you can be one. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I was saying that we probably will not focus too much on 2020 because really there's only been one or two topics related to 2020, and I think we're all tired of hearing about them. So uh, we might let Bill do a little bit of steerage on here. I know he threw together a, a topic or two to throw out there. Um, I know we're all kind of working on projects here and there. Tony, you've got like 65 irons in the fire. I've got a few over here. Um, we'll probably get to all of that as we go along, but maybe we can hit up our guests here real first. And I'll, I'll start with you, Tony, and, uh, you can tell us what you've been working on. How about that? Uh, not my attendance like I wanted to, but that just been, <laughs> I didn't say tell us about the stuff you're not working on. I said tell us about the stuff you're supposed are to working on. <laughs> well, gotta be. I still haven't put the 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 rest of the um, what is it, the VHF pie hat together yet. I'm still still working on that. Uh, what else? Um, it's only been what two months. Eh, okay, 
<laughs> we'll go with that. Um, do have an antenna to put up. It's an 11 element VHF Yagi that's sitting in the in the shed waiting to swap out with a my my FT8 VHF Yagi. Um, then there's the whole repeater thing. We'll be we'll be waiting on here, unknown on the time frame on that. But that's that's enough. Okay. So we will talk about the repeaters uh, in a bit, I think. Let's see if we can hit up the other folks in the chat first. Well, actually, uh, I'm just going to go like clockwise around my screen, which is probably different than everybody else's. But next on my screen is Bill. So, Bill, what have you been working on? <laughs> what am I working on? Uh, nothing. <laughs> no. no, I'm getting everything uh, hooked up here so uh, I can start those videos I've been promising all year. Uh, I got the uh, capture card all hooked up. Got the... Uh, the Mac getting ready to be wiped from uh, Mac OS uh, High Sierra. And I'm going to, uh, what am I going to with that? I'm going to Fedora. I actually got it uh, just to prove I got it hooked up. It's it's right there. It's, uh, it's sitting there running High Sierra. It's a nice crap Mac. And if you're watching the video, you see my camera changed <clears throat> to the Mac. And that works really well. So, uh, so I hope to, I'll probably just do those live and then uh, save them off as videos. So uh, if you want to join, we'll maybe set up events on YouTube and uh, start the, those events. We'll do that box, get that ham radio ready. And uh, <clears throat> I'm going to try to make that the Shack computer so I can take the box that you can see behind me here is my, uh, my Dell Precision laptop that's uh, currently in my Shack box. And uh, I'm going to move that to do more, uh, more uh, containerized stuff and put it on the shelf and take the monitors away from it. <laughs> So, and I do that and then get the pies back up and go in and start messing around with the uh, two pie fours that I just have sitting on my desk doing absolutely nothing. Um, and uh, I got that rig pie too that I, that I gobbled together with the software. I might, might play with that again, get that up on one of the monitors and <clears throat> see how well that works. Um, beyond that, yeah. And you now just uh, uh, trying to get the radios working on ft8 like you guys have <laughs> convinced me to get on the other night so uh so it's on it's not a real ham radio yeah i know it's not real ham radio <laughs> <laughs> but uh hey people enjoy it you know and uh i don't mind giving people cues and stuff like that especially for people that are still trying to you know get their worked all states or triple play or what have you worked everything ft8 ft4 so uh 10 meter contest is this weekend i think right so might uh might get that online as yeah. well and run ten meters this weekend. Hopefully the bands will open up. It's been kind of spotty. They do. It's, it's a contest. They always open up. So. Yeah, it's been spotty, but uh it did come up for the uh <clears throat> what was that, the CQ Worldwide or whatever that was just a few weeks ago. So uh hope hopefully enough people on there it'll uh spring to life and uh make some cues with that. But uh that's pretty much uh pretty much it here. I've seen 20 meters drop out a couple of times over the last week or so. It's really weird to see that. Usually you can always count on 20 meters being open to pretty much everywhere, <laughs> but not always. <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, did that CME happen or is that still upcoming yeah. or what's the it's ongoing? I uh, got here. Yep. Okay. Well, right. It's just in time for the 10 meter contest. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully it'll be at the bottom edge of the curve then. So. Uh, well, before we get to me, John, uh, Don jumped in right in the middle up at the top of my screen. So what do you got going on, Don? You working on anything ham radio related? Uh, currently, 
Yeah, currently I've got uh, the HF rig running for Hamsai. Uh, they're doing, um, they're prepping for the uh, Southern eclipse. Hemisphere um, eclipse that's coming up. It was like next week. Yeah. So they're doing, they're having people record um, their audio on uh, just below 10 megahertz and for a couple of days beforehand. So of course, right, we get a big CME or whatever's coming in just to, mess with the, the baseline data but hey that's it's all about science right so um it's kind of interesting so i don't i don't think that i'll be uh necessarily doing much hf over the weekend but um it's kind of in, it's very interesting audio uh 24 hours of audio only comes out only is 1.3 gigs um right we today we think that's just a rounding error than it is uh <laughs> anything that anybody really cares about but uh it's kind of funny um to, to do that and uh fun fact wave files have a maximum size of four gigs so i've already <laughs> learned that from this experiment and i'm not even the one that's like looking at any of the data that's obviously that's a byte limit right four gigs yeah it's a uh, what'd she say there was a 32 something or other in there yeah um yeah. yeah it was funny so you have to cut the file every every uh once a day leaves it you know plenty of headroom even if you left it for two days and forgot about it like uh you'd be fine can i not use another lossless audio codec does it even have to be lossless <laughs> um it, i think they're doing it just so that everybody records at the same like the same settings like um their web page is pretty extensive as to like going through the rig setup and uh um the instructions to set up audacity um so it was kind of interesting. I just hope that uh, whatever whatever I can whatever I produce actually is helpful. That's that's the biggest thing is I just don't want it to screw stuff up. That's normally how I'd work. <laughs> Good. Welcome to the club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much how things go for me too. So, all right. So next, uh, well, actually, I'm going clockwise. So that means that I'm last now. So, <laughs> so Ted, what do you got going on other than you know? Being a famous baseballer. Well, first of all, I'm trying to get this microphone so I got decent audio. Sounds well, good. Well, it now. doesn't sound too bad right now. Yeah, it's getting better. Oh, okay. Okay, that's better. Other than that, uh, I've got a couple new computers. i um, just been tweaking, getting everything set up the way I like it, and um, learning to hate System D. <laughs> oh, wow. You're just coming into that one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning to hate it more and more. Other than that, a lot of FT8. That's about it. Well, fair enough. So what what is it, if I might ask, about System D that you have chosen to hate? Well, I'm going to have to do a little studying, I think. It's um, kind of hard to get my head around it right now. Can't see. Yeah, anything. one thing, if, if you're just doing something, go ahead, sorry. I, I can't do things as easily as I used to. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty typical when you have to learn something else. The The configuration language for System D is not that difficult, but there's a lot of different options available. And, of course, it's not SysV, so it's just a matter of learning something different. And they're, they're supposed to be sort of compatible with each other, even though they really aren't. <laughs> but, you know, uh, you can just use I, I think we talked about a distribution not that long ago that was that uh, deliberately got rid of System D and went back to SysB. I don't remember I remember which distro that was, but it's a it's a modern one that apparently doesn't like System D like you don't like System D. And they said, screw it, we're just going to go use SysB. And 
Oh, good. Evidently, the mic was easier to fix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. All right. Well, let's see. What do I have going on? I have nothing going on. <laughs> well, I have uh, I have a Yezu radio that's dead in the water, going back to Yezu so they can sit on it for seven days before they even look at it. Try seven weeks. They said it's a seven-day quarantine. I... Hey, I don't know. It's just it's just what they do. I I honestly think it's because they don't feel like working. But <laughs> it is the holidays. <laughs> We're also in the holiday season, which means your seven days will turn. Oh into no, this this, this when, way predated the holiday season. This this I, whole. No, I understand that. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, once they get it, and the seven days passes, it will be Christmas. So then they will be oh, closed yeah. for Christmas and then New Year's. So maybe by my birthday in mid January, you might have some information. Maybe so. But, you know, like Tony, we both applied for the DR1X repeaters that they were uh, selling off cheap because they're refurbs and they apparently have a warehouse full of them. Um, so I'll be getting one of those here hopefully before too long, prob- probably around Charles' birthday again, <laughs> um, the way things are working out. Uh, I've been working a lot of FTA because it's really easy for me to do since I work at home and my shack computers right next to me i can be pretty much half automated ft8 while i work so it's really easy to do uh playing around with my c7100 which is nice trying to figure out why there's a certain repeater in the local area that can't hear me no matter what i do and yet everyone else hears me just fine <laughs> so that, PL tone. Like, no it's not pl tone i have the right pl tone and i'm keying up the repeater they just they say they can't or <clears throat> What I keep getting is not hearing anything, not hearing anything, but I'm clearly keying up the repeater. So either somebody's like gaslighting me or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure there's nothing wrong with my C7100. At least I sure hope not. <laughs> uh, other than that, not really much going on. Oh, except for the uh, learning the bass guitar thing. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know what I want to talk about that. I mean, I've. I've literally been playing the bass guitar for four hours, and I feel like I have made some progress. So I'm, yeah, I've made progress. I, I recognize some of the songs you're playing. You should have recognized all of those songs. Yeah. <laughs> I had shut doors between me and you. I was only hearing so much. Except for the little piece of the one from um, Rage Against the Machine that Shelby taught me. And I don't even know that song, but he told he taught me a little bit of the bass riff, and it's, it's very odd. But, uh, it's rage against the machine. It is rage against the machine. So you know, take that for what it's worth. But anyway, yeah. So, but he only taught me three three basic riffs before I left, and I can play eight riffs now and Ooh. one complete song. So when I yeah. show up for my next lesson, hopefully he'll be. I'm sure he's moderately impressed. impressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because the original thing was we don't think he's going to practice. So, oh no, I practice quite a bit, but of course I learned the other songs from Tab. So he's going to ask me something about those songs, and I'll be like, I have no idea what you're just talking about. <laughs> so <laughs> I told him I wasn't going to do Tabs because I wanted to learn the theory and everything, and I will learn the theory, but I, I just wanted to get something under my belt. So, yeah. uh, so that's what I got going on. So, all right, well, that's a pretty good start, I guess. So, Bill, do you got uh, something you want to kind of lead us down a particular path here, so we don't? Uh, Stall too much? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's always cool to hear what everybody's working on and stuff like that, because obviously that's going to bleed into the new year, which is kind of what we talk about at the last episode of the year, which is what we think is going to be new and 
awesome in ham radio for 2021 and what's new and awesome in open source and Linux for 2021. So uh, I guess we can start with uh, ham radio and hoping that uh, in 2021 we see a, a hamvention that actually occurs. <laughs> well, Dara seems to think that it will, at least so far. So they, But they waited until like April this year before they called it off, late April, before they finally said that. Well, the thing is, they so, sent out they sent out to me something that has a bunch of waivers in it. So, <laughs> what if you get sick, you're not going to hold? Yeah, it basically, long it's long. kind of like if COVID's still a thing and you get sick, then huh, whatever. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I really think they're trying to make Hamvention happen one way or the other, and it would be nice if it did for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, are they going to require the people wear masks? I, I would assume that if there's some sort of mandate in place, they would have to. Yeah, I'd, I'd assume that we're going to be well, all in masks still. Well, I mean, because there'll be outdoor spaces, so people, I, assuming they won't have to wear masks in outdoor spaces if they're properly physically distanced. But in the expo halls, of course, yeah, I, yeah, I would assume masking would be a thing well, if it's you know if, if no one has the vaccine by then. I mean, we are talking mid-May, so who knows? But the thing is, even even in the flea market areas, and the it is packed with people. Yeah, so you're going to need a mask no matter where you go because people are going to be inside your your personal space there. Well, <laughs> people are inside your personal space at Hamvention pretty much all the no, time. No, that's so. what I'm saying, though. <laughs> exactly. Well, you're outside so you don't have to wear a mask because people are right on top of you outside as well. So. I don't know. I wish we could get people to be like the folks in Asia who understand that viruses happen, and when they they, they walk out the door, the they just time. throw a mask on because you know it's like they're outside. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But apparently, around here, it's uh, infringement on your constitutional rights. But whatever, so we're not going to go down that route. So. Well, in Asia, you also have a lot of particulate matter in the air too, so they're trying to well help, that's help their, their breathing air quality. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> having been over there yep. for an extended period of time, it—I uh, can definitely see why <laughs> they do that. I understand that uh, COVID has made the the general air quality in China much better overall. <laughs> Apparently, it has made the air yeah. quality around the world better, better because right because all the industries are, are shut down yeah. and you know. yeah, industries are shut down. People aren't driving, so there's no air pollution. And, well, yeah. it's, it's not that there's no air pollution, but it's there's, it's better. Yeah, sure. considerably better. You know. Air so, so yeah, so yes, Hamvention twenty twenty one will hope is a thing. They've already canceled Hamcation, right? That one's a non-starter, right? Yeah. So, so if Hamvention happens, we could probably assume that Huntsville will happen. Um, Hopefully, yeah. That's all. That one, yeah, that happens afterwards. So, uh, I don't know. So, are we are we walking predictions like amateur radio predictions? Is that what we're doing here? <laughs> yeah, I had a couple of like bullet points on it. So Hamvention was one bullet point. The other bullet point is uh digital radio. What do we uh what do we think is gonna happen with uh M seventeen and uh um are we gonna see any mass exodus from any of the other technologies or are they just gonna continue to grow at their current rate? Okay, well I I'll give you my thoughts on that in two short sentences. We'll see considerable development in M17 and it will be a product and probably something fledged out enough to be for sale and it will be one of the many technologies because no one's given up anything. (laughs) (laughs) So that's my thoughts on it there in a nutshell. What do you think, Tony? 
Uh, read about it a little bit, not a lot, but I, I think it's going. It's it, it, it's going to go somewhere. All the 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 the, the hotspots and from various companies. I mean, everyone's making a, a MMDVM style. I'll just use that hotspot, you know, these days. So that's not going anywhere because it's, uh, it's one of those things you can sp- spend a hundred bucks and you got that in the HT and you can talk around the world on, on DMR or whatever. So that's not going anywhere anytime soon. So the M17 is just another step on top of that. So I see no reason why it would, would not de- de- develop as the other protocol. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just wondering. Uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, you can, you can, we could probably take a cue from FreeDB because Codec Two is getting wider adoption. It's being used in more platforms, and of course, it'll be used in M- M17. But it hasn't killed anything. So, yeah, like most technologies, it just continues to add to the pile of stuff that you can get in, into, and because uh, no one can decide on a standard because Yezu wants their standard, Icom wants their standard, you know, <laughs> so on and so forth. So, yeah, vendor lock-in is what I believe they call it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is no oh, specific yeah. vendor lock-in with, uh, I guess, any of those except for, geez, I guess Fusion's still only Yezu. Fusion is still only Yezu. There's only what, one other There's one. Kenwood. Yeah, yeah, there's one Kenwood other than the ICOMs that that does D Star. So, well, you have the you have the dongles, I guess. So you can. Yeah. You, there's there are other platforms that use the Ambi decoder, and that that's a standard, but it's still proprietary. It's so, a yeah, standard. Yeah. Yeah. Any thoughts? So, any the... thoughts? Any thoughts from the peanut gallery on uh, M17 and digital digital modes? Anyone want to weigh in? I'm... Anyone still here? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, <or> chunks. <laughs> Yeah, no chunks. I think Don's probably elbow deep in a switch swap. <laughs> so, yeah, I think he's down. Yeah, he's walking. He's, yeah. Oh, he's walking? Yeah. <laughs> so he's just listening. He's in his car. Yeah, I don't think, yeah, I don't think uh, I think it's what you said, right? M17 is just going to be another standard. That's the beauty about standards. You can have a thousand of them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, nobody... Uh, it's only Kenwood has produced another uh, adopted D-Star. And, I mean, come on, that, that was created by the, the Japanese uh, version of the Jara, right? The, their version of the ARL. Yeah. It's, it, it was a Japanese standard, and Yezu said, ah, screw you guys, we're going to go do our own thing anyways. So <laughs> that's the beauty. Everybody can have a standard. Cool. Yeah, well, DMR is not even an amateur radio standard, and amateur radio just said, "Yeah, we'll take that." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, neither was P twenty five. Yeah, yeah, neither was P twenty five or NXD. They borrowed. They borrowed yeah. from Motorola. Hilford, <laughs> <laughs> I mean borrowed. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Steve Gates, same thing. I mean, Bill Gates, same thing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, uh, let's see, what other thing? Uh, geez. Um, one thing I would say about that, though, and it's something I've said before, is I would love to see, even if all these standards continue to exist, it would be nice to have better interoperability. You can have your standards, but but allow them to interoperate, for crying out loud. I mean... <laughs> yeah, make it easier to bridge the networks and stuff like that. I mean, especially since it's all out there in the IP space and, you know, should just be able to click from one to the other. Absolutely. I think I would make I'd make everything better, obviously. <laughs> because <laughs> everything would work with everything. And then 
everybody could pick their own, you know, they like this one better. And, you know, if the audio has to uh, get remuxed or whatever, or, you know, repackaged to go out to the different Kodak, then that, that way. Right. But um, yeah, so we got some new radios too coming out and uh, some new radios that just came out. Obviously we have what, 705, which is a new ICOM radio. That's kind of neat. Waste of money. Yeah. Waste of money. <laughs> DC Waste to, of money. DC to daylight and a little tiny package. Now, it it saves you money over buying an aircraft and everything that goes with it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. ICOM, ICOM I'm going to tell you right now, ICOM, you need to put out an IC7200. That is the 7100 with the screen from the 705. There we go. <laughs> well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that to take the seven hundred five into a hundred watt rig, you know, full barefoot power. It's got to be like the nat- next natural progression, maybe like a snap on addition to it or something like that that you could plug in like an amplifier or something. And uh, you know, because they got a nice uh, a nice package for that, and obviously you can desk mount that little tiny rig and stuff like that. And, uh, people obviously, you know, with the KX3 and the KX2, you know, they are people using those as base stations with, uh, amplifiers. So it's, uh, not yeah. unheard of. We just, uh, need a, an amplifier that does, uh, you know, all the bands that it's got. So, you know, so you could still split it and then run two amps, but, uh, you know, it's, but, is the, but, is the, is the 705 160 to 70 centimeter? Correct. Yes. So yeah, you could with split no it tuner. out. No tuner. Yeah. No tuner. Right. Well, the 7100 doesn't have a tuner either. So. No, they want to sell the accessories, so well, of course they do. Yeah, <laughs> upselling, vendor lock-in, upselling. We're gonna have a marketing talk. Yeah, and I see Yezu's got a. But as if they had put a duplexer in that thing, like the satellite guys would have bought them up like hotcakes. But I don't know, they didn't. Yeah, it's just one antenna port, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, um, even like the the Kenwood D seventy two. I mean, it's just an FM. Andy talking about that has a that's a full do for the most part. Um, I don't I didn't like the operation of it, but um, you can operate it full duplex. But yeah, like it's it's what the I don't know. There's not there's so few uh, uh, two meter seventy centimeter uh, all band radios out there, especially small ones. It's at this point it's pretty much the seven hundred five and the um, eight eighteen. That's pretty much it. Yeah, and I mean, arguably the seventy one hundred is kind of tiny too. So small but yeah. heavy. That's that's what I use for satellites. It's it's a beast. Um, <laughs> she's heavy. It is, yeah, form factor is pretty good, but it is heavy. <laughs> yeah, we have. Uh, let's see, another new rig coming out is uh, there's a Yezu FT what ten D or something like that coming out. Their new, slightly smaller version of their SDR uh, driven rig, like the uh, FT one hundred DX or whatever that that one is. Slightly cheaper, but still very expensive for uh, for an HF uh, six meter only rig. I think it's uh, coming out at like eighteen hundred bucks or something like that. So we'll see how that one does. Uh, lots of still, lots of new little rigs in the QRP space. Saw the uh, QCX Mini just came out. That one's making the rounds. So uh, people still interested in QRP stuff. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, that'll probably continue to grow into twenty twenty one. We'll probably see another ballooning of qrp work yay <laughs> just well, in time for the sunspot cycle to slowly swing up and uh, make those QRP it's, it's, shine. On the, it's on the way up i've been watching uh, one of the other youtubes i watch is uh tamitha scove the space weather one yeah pretty interesting uh watch her a lot so it's uh definitely on the upswing that's where the those 
I guess it was a coronal mass ejection and a solar storm that came like back to back. I forget which one was hit, supposed to hit first, like yesterday. But so that's why it's noisy. But after that, it should it should, should get better. Yeah, well, with the uh, aurora coming so far south too, it should be uh, some uh, aurora aurora auroral propagation. <laughs> propagation. Propagation on uh, you know on six meters and uh, ten meters and stuff like that. That's always kind of fun to work too because you're. Uh, that nice fluttery, fluttery sound doesn't work well for FT8 and stuff like that. I'm assuming, but uh, CW and voice, uh, you can definitely work some contacts with that and take advantage of that kind of propagation. You just basically point your antennas north, <laughs> and you get some really weird, weird propagation going on. Um, I'll just throw this. I'm, I was drinking this here, but I'm about to change it up. So okay, we talked about this before. So. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Not on the show though. I haven't mentioned on the show what everybody's drinking. So you started off there with what, Russ? Uh, That's a uh, Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof, um, which is probably one of the few Jack Daniels that I actually drink. This is bottled at one thirty-seven. Uh, no, mine's sixty-four point nine five. So one hundred thirty, one hundred twenty-nine point nine. Yeah. <laughs> so one hundred twenty-nine point nine proof. I mean, so that's uh that's up there in the stratosphere, ionosphere, troposphere. So, so one of those, you know, <laughs> we'll call it, D, we'll call it D layer. <laughs> what are you drinking, Cheryl? Um, rum and Coke. Uh, yeah. You had a little bit of rum, a little bit of vanilla rum and some Coke. So there you go. Tony, you're on the uh, larceny, right? Yeah, Larceny small batch. Just the regular larceny. The regular yeah. larceny. Yep. Yummy. Yummy. I'm just doing some red wine, uh, seamy red wine, <laughs> whatever the Costco had on sale, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to open my batch. I think this is batch 12. I'm going to open this here. This is my, I think this is batch 12 of Stag Jr. And it's, as you can see, it is unopened. So I'm going to open this right now. <laughs> Sweet. Uh, Don or Ted, you guys yeah, drinking anything crew. you want to share? Don. Right? <laughs> no, I'm I'm getting some water and I'm going to bed. I've got to be back in the office at four Ugh. for more maintenance. So, so. <laughs> yeah, I did that on Monday. I had to be there at three thirty. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm going to guys have a great night. I don't Talk take to you care. Tomorrow. Yeah, we done. <clears throat> Ted, you drinking anything oh, with that well, microphone see, over there? See you, Don. <laughs> uh, late. <laughs> it's a delay of the internet, right? <laughs> a big old snifter of somebody's VSOP. There you go. Oh, a little brandy. There you go. Ooh, nice pop, too. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting ready to bust out a bottle of wine. There you go. Get the wine. <laughs> It'd be a bunch of winos here. <laughs> yeah, so I haven't, I haven't had the batch 12 of this. I've had, um, I've had the batch 11, but this is batch 12. This one... This one's even higher proof than the uh, than the jack. It's one one thirty two point three. Wow! So <laughs> so let's uh, let's enjoy a little pour of that. And if it doesn't taste good, you can always use it as a parts cleaner. <laughs> well, my, my, my last uh, bottle of Stag Junior was one of my favorite bottles ever. So let's see how this one is. <laughs> if he doesn't like stuff, I typically steal it for cooking with or to drink myself. I tell you what, the nose is 132 proof caramel. <laughs> caramel and booze. 
it tastes like straight up like you know those uh, little Brock's uh, caramel square things you can buy. Like there's a bag in the kitchen. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it smells like. Wow, and 132 proof. <laughs> <laughs> See what it tastes like. He's going in for the drink. Didn't come out the nose. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of rye in there, but it's like rye. It's like a, it's like a licorice caramel. It's licorice it's really caramel. good. Licorice really good. caramel. Hmm. Yep. I don't smell licorice. No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't smell I it either smell until I tasted it. But it's definitely, there's definitely rye in there, so you got that little licorice, a little caramel, well, a lot of caramel. And I tell you what, it drinks. Yeah. It drinks the same as like a forty or an eighty proof off the bottom shelf. Wow, that's pretty I didn't good. Say the bottom shelf, that because that's not a bottom. Shelf. No, no, no. I said it drinks like an eighty proof. The 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 proof doesn't hit you. It's not like you know what I mean. It's not like alcohol forward. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your there's your uh, whiskey review for the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yep, I, I hit you with all the details. Uh, One hundred thirty-two point three proof, and it's good. There you go. That's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs> one, that's one of my reviews. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You like it? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> if you can find it, batch twelve may not be available much anymore because I think they're on to batch thirteen or fourteen now, and it tends to be one of the more unobtainium whiskeys. But if you can find it, it's not terribly expensive. It's like fifty five bucks. So oh, that's not bad. Nope, not for what it is. So right, I, you got any more topics you want to hit us with? Well, I was going to talk about whiskey one more. So I I did have that. Oh, uh, good. I did have that Basil Hayden, and I oh. I, I kind of get what you're talking about. I mean, maybe maybe that's it. I mean, it smells good, but like uh, when you drink it, it doesn't really taste like anything. It's it's kind of peculiar. Yeah. It's like okay, I know I'm drinking whiskey, but like it like it, like it has no. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. It's like, I, th- I thought I had COVID for a minute, you know, I, I, thought, <laughs> I was like, you know, it's just really, I could see why you said it's not interesting. It's uh it really is. It's not interesting. It's still good to drink, but it's just, there's nothing there. I don't know. It's, there's just nothing that stands out when you drink it. It's, it is made to be, it is made to have mass appeal. It is literally designed to have mass appeal. And for me, what that means in a whiskey is anyone will anyone can pick it up and drink it, which means it basically has to taste like nothing. It has to be like the whiskey equivalent of PBR. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I could see that for so, sure. Yeah, it's like uh, something close to water, right? <laughs> right. And the problem with that there's there's no there's no problem with that. It's okay to put out a whiskey that everyone's going to drink. That's fine. But they're charging like thirty eight bucks a bottle for this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean. <laughs> yeah. And you I, can buy a whole lot more flavorful, better whiskey for less money. So. Yeah, I, I mistakenly had some dry fly after I had that last night, and I was like, "Whoa, hey, this is so much flavor." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a slightly higher proof. And uh, I was like, wow, this is just weird having something different right after that because it's, yeah, it had pretty much a lack of, lack of flavor, I guess. Yeah. Complexity. Yeah. <laughs> no complexity. Well, yeah. I mean, some, some whiskeys aren't, compl- aren't complex, but they still have decent flavor. Basil Hayden's isn't one of those. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would say it, it didn't taste bad. I mean, it just didn't taste like anything. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's just. But it's a mixer for twice the price. I mean, it's just, yeah. It's a. I'm glad you got it as a gift because now you can taste it. You can see what it's like, and never buy it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't have to do that again, right? Right. <laughs> but I have a friend that swears by it, and he says, oh, you're basically hating it. It's the greatest stuff. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's not what I hear, but I'll, I'll oh, try it. <laughs> remember Sterling. Sterling said it was his favorite. It, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. His his favorite as well. That's funny. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, there's a place for everything. There's There are obviously quite a few Basil Hayden drinkers out there. I'm not one of them. And obviously, Bill, you're not going to be one of them either. But, you know. <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't turn my nose away from it if it was given to me for free, you know. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I'll drink some pretty bad for stuff for that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Cheryl has her bottle of wine, so she can talk about her wine now. Yeah, what do you got? I have a bottle of Moscato de Missouri. From Jaller Creek Winery in Weston. Well, no, Here, not so Weston. You get it right up there close. There you go. Oh, nice. Yeah. That's a, that's a little muskrat right there on the label. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, a, uh, it's a Moscato. Yeah. Oh, so it's like, what is it, like a fizzy white wine or something? No, this, it's is, not this is not it's a sparkling Moscato. Yeah. It's just a regular it's one. Just, it's so it's super, sweet. Super sweet. It's sweet. Yes. Yeah. And there's my, my wine glass from last Christmas. With the naughty pour. So. <laughs> that looks like kind of like one of the Weight Watcher glasses they give you, where the, the nice line is the uh, Weight Watcher's portion, and then anything above that is. Yeah, yeah. The against ones, against the rules. You <laughs> didn't pick the one that we got for uh, Thanksgiving that says gobble till you wobble. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, I thought I would get the Christmas one. So. But no, this is, this is the, uh, the winery that we have a membership to. $35 a month. We get for that $35, we get two bottles of wine, which are normally 19 ish dollars a piece. And then every, well, not every month, but most every month, they have some sort of activity. Like in December, why we're supposed to go up there on Saturday, they're having a wine and cookie pairing, holiday cookie pairing. Oh, Last nice. month it was Thanksgiving desserts, right? Yeah, it was like Thanksgiving desserts. Yeah, they like the cod pie, pumpkin pie, and stuff like that. Wine. Things like that, yeah. Plus, we get six free tastings. We get to do all their events. They have hay rides and yeah, Easter egg hunts and blah blah blah. You get to do all that for free, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Saturday we're supposed to do the uh, the cookie pairing and a hay ride. I can't get on the hay wagon, Oops. so a friend of ours that lives here is going with us she and her mom are her mom is disabled as well so her mom and i are going to stand by and enjoy our spiked cider while <laughs> angel and russ go on the hayride well we enjoy our spikes yeah well they enjoy their spiked cider going through the, the hayride the cool thing about the the winery is they're a green winery so their their grass is controlled by goats and sheep their bugs are controlled by chickens. What else do they have up there? Cats, dogs. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, they have two um, Anatolian shepherds, white ones, uh, Vino and Vidal. And they have come to know that we bring them dog biscuits. <laughs> so every time we hit the tent, they're like, ooh, you're here. <laughs> so... So, yeah, it's fun. But, you know, and I think January, they normally do a uh, a uh, tank tasting of their the Missouri grape is the Norton grape um, and they do a tank tasting and I guess whatever tank gets the most votes is what version of Norton they bottle for that year but because of COVID their building is closed everybody's outside in a tent 
So they are doing a um, tailgate party, basically, since they're 25 miles from the Chiefs stadium. So they're encouraging everybody to dress up in their jerseys and stuff and do a tailgate party. And they're going to be pairing wines with appetizers that you typically find at a like a Super Bowl party or something. Uh, they've got Easter stuff. They, they always, they, you know, they have an Easter egg hunt. We don't need to make those a commercial. For no, that. I know. <laughs> this episode but is they, brought they to you by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> by by Creek okay. but, but it's it's a cool winery, the way they do everything. It is so. very cool. And they also, the, the original owners had a big house there on the property because they had house, winery, vineyards, the whole deal. And then they sold the winery and left. So, it's so, so the people who moved in and bought the winery don't live in the house. It's a Verbo. Oh, okay. So you can actually like rent the house and stay <laughs> at the winery and everything. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> That's kind of cool. They actually, they're not, their building is accessible, but now their tents are set up now or not. But they have gone truly out of their way to make it accessible for me. They're like, no, no. Drive through the vineyard to get to the tent. We don't care. <laughs> We're like, all right, whatever. So, and I, you know, I can assure you, they're not going to watch this unless you point it out to them. So, I'm not. But it, I'm just saying that they they don't they've gone out of their way to make it, you know, working for me. They have so you know because they'll tell Russ, oh yeah, you know, drive around the building and go park, you know, up in the vineyard, and the tent is like right there. So. But so yeah, it's it's definitely a cool winery. So there's there's several other wineries in the area, and there's there's one in an old school building, like out of the 40s or 50s. Now they do have a whiskey bar in there. They have or, a really nice whiskey yeah. bar, and their pours are half as much as anyone else. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, uh, that's my favorite kind of whiskey bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Russ Russ got a major education a couple of weeks ago when we went to Tulsa. Because one of the Irish restaurants we like to eat at, he was like, "No, you know, bring me your menu and let me see if there's any Irish whiskey or any whiskey at all that you guys have that I haven't tried yet." And they brought it out. A one ounce pour on something was fifty eight dollars or something. Oh, they had higher ones. Oh yeah, and he was like, "No, no, no. the whole bottle was like seventy five. No." <laughs> I was like, just get it. He's like, no. <laughs> so, you won't enjoy it yeah, that wanted, much. It was like uh, 10, 10, 10 or 12 bucks or something for a pour of uh, Monkey Shoulder, which is a, which is a widely available blended scotch. It costs like $32 for a bottle. I mean, yeah. people are just out of their minds. <laughs> but <laughs> We have a friend that works as a bartender or did work as a bartender, and he said that average markup, even on your run of the mill bar is five hundred five hundred percent but this so. was this was more like a thousand percent or more yeah well especially since it was a one ounce pour yeah, yeah. Just, and those bottles have a lot anyway, of dust on the top i'm assuming right yeah exactly <laughs> their bar was full of people their bar is full of people and those people are all drinking guinness i can assure you yeah, um, <laughs> that's okay I don't know how much a bottle of Guinness was there. I mean, the pear, the Guinness and pear cider thing that I usually order is like seven bucks. So that's pretty typical. That's pretty typical. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. Like a black and tan um, or something. I mean, like we love the restaurant, but we don't drink there. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they, they are super. Yeah. 
All right, what else you got, Bill? Let's let's go down a different road here. All right, well let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Linux and open source. Um, All right, let's do that. Let's do that. So, so we see uh, just recently uh, what well, we have uh, Red Hat Enterprise Linux uh, doing something uh, naughty to CentOS. Does this affect you oh, at all? No. <laughs> or they did some kind Ooh. of let's do air quotes here uh, a reset on uh, CentOS, which uh, has gotten a bunch of people up in a, a big roar and uh wonder what that's going to do to uh people using centos out there in the wild <laughs> funny you bring what that up that mean? I, I i have not seen yeah, I, was, I was wondering what, what this what meant so sounds like tony has something on that tony what do you got okay go for yeah it. yeah one two at our shop here uh, i think we had five systems running it and there was a determination that they must be upgraded immediately <laughs> and uh linux was not what, where it was upgraded to it was it was to windows 10 for that very reason wow. so they 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 decided the the ia compliance wasn't there and uh the, the thou shalt not it's one of those things that normally if they say okay you need to stop using this six, six months later you stop using it this was like six days later. Oh, so <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was from Red Hat. Yeah. Yeah. So what about scientific? Is it still, is it under the same umbrella? I'm not sure if that's affected or not. I haven't read through all the details and whatnot. There have been a several uh, podcasts that I haven't quite listened to on the entire entirety of the topic. Obviously I'm, I'm not an expert at it. <laughs> Uh, cause I don't use, uh, either, either product anywhere. So, um, but I know, uh, I know it's, uh, it's not good for the longevity of, uh, people using CentOS and, you know, obviously people are moving away from it rapidly and, um, hopefully not to windows. That's horrible. <laughs> what, what, um, just out of here, I, I got to change the topic completely here right now. Bill, what's the resolution on your camera? Uh, 1080p. Yeah. 1080p. Because it's like super because crazy. because you look like you're in front of a green screen. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> well, I do have no, lights. I know you're not. But I do have lights on. So just... so like I have a couple of bright lights right on me. So and that always helps any camera look it's super crisp though. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it, it literally looks like you're in front of a green screen. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's the effect I was going I, for. I'm not sure why you would green screen that particular background. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of shitty background do you have here? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're in a garage or something. <laughs> no, it's amazing what lights can do. It's really amazing what lighting can do. Yeah. I, I do have a green screen down here just uh, to the south of the, the lights, um, but I haven't got that set up yet. But uh, that's the that's the idea. These lights are actually for the green screen to add additional lighting on the front. So. So, so if I do the videos, hopefully I will, and uh, you'll, you'll probably see I'll have everything all all set up for that. So I'll be floating in front of my uh, my uh, PC. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's a big thing that's going on right now as we speak. Um, obviously, we talked about on the last uh, show, if not, yeah, I think it was the last show, short topic show. We talked about um, uh, Susie or Seuss. And Rancher uh, doing a merger, so that's uh, really good for that. Because I I noticed uh, not very long ago a Seuss thing came out about their um, their uh, container system, so uh, it kind of made sense when that Rancher uh, 
deal kind of came together and uh i was gonna share that on one of the episodes and then it just kind of fell off my uh off my radar um so who knows a lot of people might might move to uh seuss for their uh for their enterprise stuff so it would probably be interesting for their, for their kubernetes yeah they have their own <laughs> kubernetes stuff <laughs> but even just for their uh you know host os and stuff like that you know for the workloads that the cent os is currently running for people um what else do we guys is going to be the 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 year of the desktop huh <laughs> every year every year every year since 2006 has been the year of the linux desktop so <laughs> every year so uh yeah more and more people are using it obviously uh uh especially uh with the conversion that uh, apple's doing with uh going to arm max um some people are really happy with the uh the switch and the software seems somewhat performant and uh, I guess the this this time around's implementation of Rosetta 2.0 or whatever they're calling it, Rosetta 2, um, for doing the emulation is actually not bad for those people that live through the PowerPC to uh, <laughs> to Intel architecture move. <clears throat> this one is slightly uh, less painful, and it does seem that uh, um, that there is some collaboration there that uh, is slowly kind of making out into the public eye of. Uh, how uh, Microsoft also helped that occur. So it uh, seems to be a lot of collaboration getting the ARM platforms to actually work properly and perform it <clears throat> for uh, all the major vendors. Uh, so we'd probably see some uh, some definite improvements to that. I see uh, people are taking on the task of getting uh, getting Linux fully operational on the M1. Um, obviously, we're going to see some new new ARM processors from uh, from Apple. Over the coming months here, for uh, you know their Mac Pros and their uh, MacBook Pros and stuff like that, it's for the for the higher end users that need more cores and more memory and stuff like that. <clears throat> so that'll be interesting to see those come out and and whether or not uh, we'll have Linux running on those by then. Who knows? What do you think the time frame for Linux on the M1 is? Uh, I would say uh, probably by first quarter next year that there's there's definitely going to be something out that that soon. I mean, okay, let, let me put it this way. Um, reasonable mostly bug free linux on the m1 yeah is there anything uh, that's a bug free linux <laughs> I, said, I said mostly I said mostly, mostly bug free well i would think in general <laughs> like the 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 tough parts are really that gpu i think you're getting it on the processor is probably not that complex um and then getting everything signed so you can actually you could actually install it because we all know that that's the issue is you know, that the kernel needs to be signed in order to go onto the bios chip or whatever the heck prevents unsigned uh, kernels and stuff like that from actually getting loaded. But uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it being that long. A lot of people are interested in it. So uh, anytime there's something that interests a lot of people and there's being money being thrown at it, uh, it, it'll happen in short order. We obviously already have ARM stuff working in Linux perfectly fine. <laughs> um, again, it's just the, the complexity and the, the setup of the, the GPU and stuff that makes it a little bit more interesting because you got to deal with the, uh, running acceleration and stuff like that for the UI and everything else through the GPU. Which um, it kind of brings up Ubuntu for the ARM64, which is kind of nice because it seems it seems to be, you know, to use the word you've been using, performant, it seems to be pretty well architected to run on the Pies and things, single board computers. Seems to be pretty good. Yeah, it's it's constantly improving. And, uh, you know, even the, the people that are working on it are saying that, you know, you know, it's it's not perfect yet. It's it's definitely got a way to go, but it's it's leaps and bounds better. Um, and uh, so hopefully, as as that continues to improve, everything just kind of will will come together in this just big happy space that uh, 
(laughs) everything will just work uh which is really what everybody wants is it just to be functional so um i just saw news i'll be using uh yeah it'll it'll all be ubuntu on the m1 with m17 and no one will have anything else (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that but uh yeah <laughs> but definitely, yeah, we'll see it definitely from like the the bigger vendors and and stuff like that because they they have a vested interest in being on as many platforms as possible. Um, There's just news out today about Fuchsia, Google's OS. So um, that's kind of uh, coming out in the wild again. Yeah, people thought it was a myth for a while, and then it was like, oh yeah, it's there, and kind of play with it. And but uh, I think there's going to be some some rapid movement there as well from uh, Google and you know, what they're doing with Chromebooks and stuff like that, and whether Fuchsia will be the new Chrome OS or who knows, you know, full-blown PC OS, uh, everything. Um, they have a lot of uh, a lot of market coverage. So <laughs> if the government doesn't break them all down into little tiny pieces and and uh, and uh, change the way they all do business. So what about the GNU herd? What's the latest dope on the GNU herd? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> isn't that isn't that the GNU herd? Isn't that based on NT three or something? There. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have no that's, idea. That's the thing. <laughs> no one has any idea. There's only there's only one person who knows anything about GNU herd. So yeah, and he's not talking. <laughs> I think the time has left that one behind. I think you may be right. So what else we got for, uh, well, gosh, uh, let's talk about application space. Um, OBS studio. Hey, this thing is getting awesome. <laughs> Unless you do fancy audio stuff and, yeah, <laughs> to play around with it, to get, to get it working the way you want it to. Um, but, uh, yeah, we watched, uh, you, you saw that too. Wimpy did a presentation on how he's got OBS set up and the work that they're doing with, uh, OBS studio in the, uh, snap package where they're pre-packaging a bunch of useful plugins uh for your OBS setup and uh it was so convincing in fact that I uninstalled the OBS studio from the repo that I had on my uh, Ubuntu box and installed the snap package just to play around with it and uh yeah uh I mean you can definitely install it from the repo and not deal with snaps and then download all the plugins and get those all installed but it is nice that they're packaging kind of like a ready to go solution out of the box in that snap. So uh regardless I'm, of I'm what, still not not sold on snaps flat packs and happy it is yet. Just I'm not. Yeah. They, they seem they seem bulky to me and uh not very uh, not very CPU friendly. I, I haven't really noticed that. I've been using snaps for geez, quite a while now on, on both uh Fedora and on Ubuntu and uh, I haven't really noticed any oddities or weird issues you know beyond the occasional just gui um, look and feel not quite being exactly the same but that has drastically improved um over the past year for sure i mean discord on my boxes are always installed via snap that that works pretty fine i i think early on it used to crap out when it would do an update software i thought it had an update and it didn't get a deb package yet or didn't get the snap update and it would explode if you click the update button inside the app itself. <clears throat> and uh, I haven't had that happen at all in the last year, year and a half with it. So that was only early on, I would assume, if you look at the 
uh, timeline for Snap. So that was like a 2019, early 2019 issue that I had. Um, other than that, yeah, I mean, the OBS runs fine. Uh, I don't notice, you know, with the CPU monitor, it runs exactly the same usage that it did under uh, under the regular dev package um, on Ubuntu, at least on this box. Um, and it's not a stellar power horse, you know, it's, it's, it's got a lot of Ram and it's an I seven, but it's also eight years old at this point. So not quite the powerhouse doesn't have a good for graphics card, so it can't do any fancy encoding with it. So it's all, all processor bound. Fortunately, it's a real I seven that's in the Dell precision, uh, workstation laptop. So it, it can yeah, see, I'm still, still working with my core two duos. And I think that's probably where the performance <laughs> is. So. Well, yeah, it can't be on a 12 or 15 year old box and. I expect it to be perfect. <laughs> you got other issues, <laughs> other issues there. <laughs> you know, you probably can't even load a uh, certain web pages cause it's got so much crap on it <laughs> or, or, or dare I say grid tracker. <laughs> Let's just put everything in node and deliver it via electron and explode your desktop. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, what am I getting stuff popping up on my screen here? <laughs> That's okay. I don't think it goes out on the stream, but um, yeah, uh, desk uh, applications. Let's talk about uh, another app, um, LibreOffice. Wow, that's getting way better. Version seven, leaps and bounds above version six performance wise. Um, if I were to not, come, not for me, no, except for you. Yeah, <laughs> you don't even <laughs> notice the difference. <laughs> no, I do not notice the difference. Not at all. In fact, it's slower than six. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's not the case on a on a more normal machine. <laughs> Something made this decade. <laughs> um, uh, one of these days I'm going to have a workstation made this decade. So <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's, it's pretty good. I mean, LibreOffice has been getting better and better anyway, in general. And in fact, uh, on this box that I'm on right now, I only have LibreOffice. I don't, didn't bother putting off uh, Microsoft office and this is a windows box. Oh my God. So sorry. But uh <laughs> um it uh it uh it runs really well and it even runs stuff with uh with macro enabled uh spreadsheets which you know me dealing with a lot of stuff in the laboratory business and stuff like that uh there's tons and tons of spreadsheets out there with macros and and it runs it just fine including database connections and whatnot so i'm always impressed every time i just load up something and execute it and and it all works and it's, it's quite impressive that they've come so far and uh, I still don't have to learn the OOML or whatever the heck uh, <laughs> their built in language processor for doing all the uh, coding stuff in the background. It actually still runs VBA uh, out of the box, which is, uh, you know, either sad or excellent, depending upon <laughs> your viewpoint of it working. Um what are some other apps you guys use that, that you've seen improvements on? Everything on my computer runs like crap. It doesn't matter. So. <laughs> well, troubleshooting 101 tells you where the problem lies. <laughs> well, we got apps that we use all the time, like Audacity. Um, that's been getting upgrades quite regularly. I think they're up to 2.3 point something now. Um you know, that that always works really well. I've never had any problems with Audacity, even the old old versions. But uh, it's nice to see the newer versions. Obviously, now we don't have the um, MP3, having to have the separate MP3 encoder for doing that anymore because uh, that's 
gone past its uh, time limit, I think. So that's yeah. All. I think when we when we first started the show, we were talking about MP3 licensing issue. We no longer have to talk about that. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's that's really nice. Um, a lot of the the video editors are getting better and better. Uh, I still can't quite run OpenShot with uh, any luck. <laughs> <laughs> Although it's touted like it's live. Yeah, I still use KDN Live, and uh, that that works beautifully. And that runs, you know, Windows, it runs fine. And uh, Linux, it runs fine. And even on the Crappintosh over here, it runs fine. <laughs> uh, so that's really good. GIMP, again, has has gotten faster and faster. Although my son says his GIMP, like, loads really slow, you know, when you first get it on. and. I loaded on both of my machines and it was like I double click and it's like just boom, no, up, it's up. This <laughs> is still like the running the splash screen. <laughs> the only thing that slows down again for me is um, font font registration because like I, I have like six million fonts. In my <laughs> yeah, and that, that doesn't slow it down. But once it's once it's fired up, I mean, yeah, it, it's great. Yeah, and that- I've I've tried to I've been using GIMP for a long time now and I've like tried to compare it to like Adobe's like workflow, you know, for, for doing image editing and just GIMP seems to just make a whole lot more sense. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know. I mean I used to use Photoshop all the time and uh some of the tools Guilty. yeah, some of the tools are slightly easier to use inside of Photoshop and I guess photo elements and stuff like that. Um but it's getting better and better and better and <laughs> It's it's almost like I, I can't find a reason to not use GIMP. Um, but it's always on every machine I have. Doesn't matter what OS it's running. I definitely have GIMP installed. Um, and the font loading thing is always an issue. The same thing in Windows. The more fonts you have, the slower things are going to be when you actually use fonts and go in between fonts and switch fonts. And because it has to try to render them all in the drop down <laughs> box, so you can see previews of everything. Um, yep. I don't know. I don't know if that's ever going to get any better. I mean, obviously. You know, the computers get faster and faster, but uh, people tend to add more and more fonts. So it just kind of clobbers. Let's say like redesign TTF or OTF, probably not. Yeah, I guess it's something that, you know, we're just allowing uh, uh, you know, the progression of computer speed to kind of just eat. You know, much much like we allow uh, websites to get bigger and bigger because, you know, we have so much bandwidth now. Yeah, I can, you know, deliver five, six hundred megs out, you know, for a page load. <laughs> yeah, because you know, it, it's like got 17 words on it, but it's 40K of uh, code and uh, JavaScript and CSS. And so. Yeah, <laughs> and I don't see how, like, you know, having these splash videos that are on website landing pages is like flash ew. not not flash but like you know you have like the moving image that's kind of like a background layer of the web page uh right. they kind of embed a video in it now i just don't see how that's any different than having blinky text and scrolling text it's like it's slightly obnoxious <laughs> geo city 3.0 yeah yeah it's just a new way to make your site look like ass i don't know <laughs> <laughs> it looks cute, but until you have to load that page several times, and every time you hit the home page, it then you know you watch your system and that you know hundredth Chrome tab that you have open bring your uh, system down to a a crawl. <laughs> and then if you're running a system that doesn't have very good uh, you know uh, graphics acceleration, then it really crows you know slows down to a crawl. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, your system. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's already at a crawl. You can't even open up a console without it taking an hour or so, right? I'm, I'm, I'm using I'm using NVIDIA drivers that are so legacy. Even NVIDIA is like, what the hell are you running? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> we don't even have that one anymore. What the hell is that? That's we a, haven't seen that in 20 years. Yeah, it's a 940 MX. What? what the hell is that? <laughs> I was running. I was running FX 5200s for the longest time. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I still have that 5200s in a couple of machines here because they were the first machines I had that had uh, S-Video connector in them, and I still use that. <laughs> S-Video. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> got some vomit in my mouth. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, photo editing. What else we got with photo editing? Uh, dark table. Uh, is that right? Is that the f- open source one? Yep. Yeah, Darktable. That's pretty awesome for doing uh, raw image edits and stuff like that. Um, just listened to a podcast not too long ago. Where a guy was talking about his entire workflow. Uh, he's a photographer and you know, all the tools that he uses. And uh, he's like been a diehard Linux user for, I don't know, the last 15, 20 years. And trying to do everything he can inside of Linux with the, the video uh, image editing tools and whatnot. And he says, you know, now it's like everything. There's no, there's nothing I need anywhere else. I can do everything that I need directly in Linux because all the tooling is so good. And uh, I have to agree. I mean, all the stuff I've messed with and I only do raw edits once in a while. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing, amazing what uh, is available. And obviously it's just, the stuff's going to continue to improve and more people using it, more feedback, Obviously, you're going to get more and more performance and and more and more features. So, uh, cool. Gosh, distro news. Any distro news? Um, can't think of any anything that is, you know, beyond the pipe wire thing coming to uh, Fedora 34, possibly. Um, nothing else really interests me terribly. Um, I'm semi excited about doing the Fedora 33 install on this box. You know, doing a full ButterFS and everything else, just because I haven't messed with that. Um, file systems are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a file. I mean, system. you can't you can't make a file system sexy. I'm sorry, you just can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess not. You know, as long as it doesn't uh, doesn't die like when it's writing or something like that, it's probably nobody gives a crap. Well, I know people are like big hot on XFS and everything for. The snapshotting and duplication and dedupe and replication and all that kind of stuff and yeah that's kind of your bag it's a great thing but again still not sexy <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah now we have uh well file systems we have what zfs as well as now uh sorry did i say xfs i meant zfs sorry. yeah yeah I've, I've used xfs before i've had much whiskey <laughs> 430 <laughs> proof, right? And, and yeah, she's feeding me wine now too. So you know, feeding you wine. You're feeding yeah. me. Yeah, that's not Ouch. a good mix, right? Wine and liquor. <laughs> we make booze around here. Yeah, because yeah, okay. so. I can. I can never remember the you know liquor that's before why. beer, beer before liquor. I can't. I can't remember which one is the way that's supposed to go. So we, we never drink beer. So there you go. Well, yeah. it's very. Weird. Yeah, I know with beer, it's like have no fear or something. I can't remember. <laughs> What is it? Is it liquor before beer? Beer beer? before liquor, never sicker. There you go. Beer before liquor, never sicker. Okay. Yeah. As long as you finish the night with like a liter of water, you're probably okay. 
Yeah, yeah which I always do. I always true. drink a ton of water. So, yeah, pro tip, drink water. <laughs> drink water, especially <laughs> at the end. <laughs> especially yeah. at the end, yes. The thing and, is, I've had at people... the point At the point where you feel like you can't drink anything else, that's when you need the water. <laughs> <laughs> I've had people go, with terrible hangovers, so drink some water. Oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah, well, you wouldn't wake up with a hangover if you drink yeah. some water. Yeah, the worst case with drinking water at the end is that you'll probably have to get up and pee in the middle of the night a couple times. <laughs> as long as you don't pee on the coffee table or the closet, you're good. Yeah. Or in the bed. <laughs> yeah, don't pee in the bed. Yeah, don't do that. No peeing in the bed. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess that's all the topics that I had listed as semi-relevant uh, to the uh, <laughs> end of your podcast. Uh, can you guys think of anything uh, anything uh, no. off the top of your head? No, I think we've gone quite enough uh, as far as time and everything. I think I would just throw it out there and see if anyone has any predictions about anything they want to make for 2021, whether it be, you know, technology-related, amateur radio-related, politics-related. It doesn't matter. If you got some prediction you want to make about the year 2021, let's hear it. <laughs> You're up, Tony. Yeah, tw- yeah 2021. Um, wow, that's uh, – well, the – you're going to obviously say that it's not going to be like 2020 was. It's not humanly possible or whatever. Let's just but, hope it's not worse. Um, <laughs> that would depend, depend on your definition of worse. Well, fair um, enough. You know, well, okay. When you, well, when you, here, here's something. You've been following SpaceX a lot. Give us a prediction about SpaceX. Um, first prediction. Their stock's going to double before April of okay. next year. Um Second, they're going to probably go orbital before April of next year. Okay. Uh, third, they're probably going to crash at least twice more. <laughs> There's definitely some crash and burns in there. Some RUDs, but, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. Right. Rapid unattended disassembly. That's um, that's a great term. But the whole thing was, if that happened, where when and where it did, that was a perfect flight and then some. So if you haven't watched that, I'll, I'll say this. If you haven't gone to have you, you haven't seen the actual sp- the launch belly flop landing, <laughs> call it. Um, if you haven't seen it, it is something you've got to see. It's just well, it, it came down nice and smooth. It got right to the ground and it blew up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it put, the landing legs didn't deploy. Why? Who knows? I'm sure. Well, I'm sure Elon will have some off the wall explanation in a month or so. But the landing legs didn't deploy, but they didn't have enough pressure in the in the container vessel that feeds the engines when they relight is in the nose cone. So it's way up top. And they didn't have enough pressure in it. That's why you saw the green flames and the, the, the bad mixture. So that's why they didn't have the thrust to stop it from falling and then touch down. So it had higher rate of the descent they wanted. And that's why it was the spectacular fireball, which was still good i mean come on it was it, it's it breath suffered from the same cement poisoning that happens when you jump off a building yeah i get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you flew a 150 meter tall i mean 150 meters tall 30 um nine meters wide so you know 30 ish feet wide 30 feet? No, 39 meters no. is way more than that. No, 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 nine meters wide. So nine meter wide uh, grain silo 
to <laughs> to to twelve kilometers up. You folded it over in a horizontal position. It fell back down till about a thousand feet. You thrust vectored it back vertical, and then beyond vertical, and then back to vertical, and got it to land. It landed vertically. <laughs> it, it landed <laughs> so, where it was supposed to land. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Forget that. Yeah, it landed, it landed on a dime. On, <laughs> On a pad that was only about three times bigger around than it was, it landed right where you wanted it. And on the way down, it was a it was a it was a a guy on a parachute. I mean, it was falling. That's it. Yeah. Had little flaps to kind of point it around, but there was no thrusting to get it where it went. That's um that is that's impressive. And it's definitely impressive. And except for the except for the fireball, it all went well. So. <laughs> but, no, but see, if it wasn't for the fireball, it wouldn't be as good. That's the whole thing. Fireball yeah. didn't matter. Yeah, it that added a little would, excitement that thing, to it. Yeah, yeah, that, thing exactly. would, that thing was not going to fly again ever. And if and if it didn't blow up, people people would have been oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> what a bummer! Exactly. Yeah, it's like the six car pile up in the green flag lap. Yep, I know yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, any other predictions you want to make, or? Nah, I think I'm good. Okay. Buy Tesla. <laughs> Buy Tesla. Yeah. yeah. I don't Tell- think they're doing as well with their cars as they are with the space uh, with the rockets. Well, prior to this launch, you've been true, but afterwards, I hadn't looked. But uh, there's this is going to be a big bump in SpaceX. And don't don't buy any stock in the Hyperloop. Okay, so <laughs> Bill, you got anything? No, I I, I predict we're going to have uh, an inauguration on January twentieth, <laughs> as planned. And what's and, and what's her name going to be? Uh, yeah, <laughs> it does not matter. <laughs> we continue to move forward. It doesn't matter what exactly. anybody thinks exactly. or says. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, I saw something last night where Twitter was changing its terms of service effective January 21st. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, no, none of the, none of the big players in social media want to change anything. Uh, they, they, they have enough pain and suffering for what they do now. And, uh, if, uh, they get uh, broken up and taken apart like uh, some folks in uh, the Congress want to do, then uh, um, they, they got other problems. <laughs> um, let's see. What else are we going to see? 2021 random thing. Um, yeah, we're going to be wearing masks for a while. <laughs> I would say probably at least till the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. I do not see that that going away. Um so uh yeah there'll be a lot of businesses that are not going to be open next year um unfortunately um hopefully there'll be some new ones that come in their place that uh, can survive so that's all i can hope for i don't have anything specific i'm just going to predict that 2021 will have a hamvention in some form um even if it's virtual <laughs> i don't think it's going to be virtual i think if there's a hamvention it will be it will be an event and i think there will be one uh, it may not take the form that we think it will, but <laughs> I think there will be one. Um, we have, and I didn't bother to bring this up until just now because I was thinking about it, then I stopped thinking about it, and I'm thinking about it again. 
apparently we will be part of the next QSO Today virtual expo. Oh, when March, is that? Been, huh? March? March, I think, yes. Oh, we, we've been invited to be a part of that again. So look forward to that, I guess. Another weekend. And, <laughs> and I'm going to make one general prediction that 2021, by any measure, will be better than 2020. <laughs> by any measure. <laughs> by any by any measure. <laughs> any measure you choose to pick, it will be better than 2020. <laughs> I'll tell you when I do my you know. 2021 taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Ted's still here. Does Ted Ted like oh, he, oh, yep, there he is. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> so you got any predictions you want to make for 2021? Oh no, I'm not good on those. But uh, I, I, I do have to admit the SpaceX stuff is amazing. Uh, returning them and landing them vertically, you know, uh, laying in a straw <laughs> on a pad is is uh, is tough. But the other thing I'd point out is that uh, just two days ago we did lose a pioneer in this field too. Chuck didn't Yeager. We? Chuck Yeager, yeah, yeah, Chuck Yeager. Yeah, I, I actually met him and shook his hand at the uh, 2004 uh, Networkers Conference for Cisco. He was a keynote speaker in uh, Orlando, Florida. Somewhere I have a picture with me, him, and a friend of mine. <laughs> cool. He's very interesting. Very interesting guy. Cool. cool. Well, you want to take well, us out of here then? Russ? Anything else you want to wrap up with, Ted? Because I think we're about to shut her down. So <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm tapped out. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you for being here, by the way. Uh, Don had to tap out early because he had an early morning. So uh, it was nice for, for Don and for Ted to stop by and be a part of the show. And, of course, for Tony as well to be a part of the show. And I, you know, choose oh, to ignore you. ignore Tony. No, I choose to ignore him because he's, because he's part of the family. I just so, can't get rid of him, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the closer you get, the further away we can push you. so all right well that is i think gonna call an end and a wrap to 2020 for linux and the hamshack uh 384 episodes we've done of this program so not too shabby over the last 12 years or so and uh of course we will be back Recording live again on the 7th of January, 2021. So we hope everybody has a great holiday season, a great end to 2020. And, of course, the first week of 2021. And we hope to see you all back here again when we start up recording again after taking a little breather and uh, maybe getting a little refresher and maybe getting a little drunker. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Do we need a reason to do that? Well, I don't know if we need a reason, but, you know. We can, we can invent a few, right? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah, and I don't see any uh, any format changes or anything else in the future. So, I mean, everything seems to be fine. Uh, good, good feedback on episodes and content and stuff like that. So that'll be good. It'll be easy for us to figure out what we're doing next year. <laughs> yep, I don't think there'll be many changes. I mean, if anyone has any comments they want to make about the format or about the show or anything like that, of course, they're always welcomed. And uh, we've got a... We've got a month to kind of play around and see if there's anything that needs to be changed. But uh, if nothing comes up, then we'll be returning sort of just the way we left. And we'll be doing that in early January. I hope to see you then. 
So with that, we'll go, you know, for, for Ted, who's here, and Don earlier, and Tony, we'll go ahead and wrap this up and say this has been episode number 384, our 2020 year-end roundtable wrap-up of Linux in the Ham Shack. Thanks, everybody, for being here, and we hope to see you next year. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast on the Freenode network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voicemail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or hamper. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. Shack and the Linux in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.